Well, I think a tour de force presentation, and um, I'd just like to kick off this just brief Q&A and conversation by asking um, Graham and Ivan just to say something about the practice of the office. Uh, how, do, how do projects get discussed and critted in the office? Does everybody comment on everything? At what stage does that play, take place? Is it formal? What's it kind of like working on these projects? Is it collaborative? I think, to be honest, it's changed over probably 10 years, if I was, if I was honest. It's something where actually the most crucial parts are the very first discussions. These are kind of trying to set aspiration and test aspiration. I think sometimes just discussing the possibilities of what something is is actually, for me, the most vital part. What happens later is you have to create conceptual models for discussion. You may do it through lots of options to be able to actually get people discussing because otherwise it goes into a kind of hypothetical discussion. It could be this, it could be that. It doesn't necessarily present the implications of what that kind of dialogue is. I think the important thing is that there's always the opportunity to comment and it's encouraged. Um, but I don't think we see um, commentary as, well, you should adopt my idea or I, I should adopt yours, this is good, this is bad. But I think it is, it's, you know, the discussion is always, um, it's about informing, it's about getting the collective knowledge together. And there's a lot of collective knowledge. <laughs> um, what happens where, you know, you've won the competition, um, you're heading towards a sort of diagram for how the building's mm -hmm. going to be, you've got the programme, you've got the site... Are there sort of formal moments when actually you present at a director's meeting or, you know, present or the unit presents or the people who work on it present to others in the office or is it just slightly different each yeah. time? Well, we have, a, we, have a form, we have a forum, but the forum is just, um, just a convenience thing. Otherwise, you never get everyone together. Um, it's about getting heads around the table. Um, but I think it's, it's quite funny. We sort of jokingly say, make sure Rich is not around when we're submitting the competition entry because actually we'll try and solve more than we can. And in fact, and Richard actually encourages that to a, a great extent is, you know, have your way and let's see what comes out. Um, I, in that sense, it's, a, it's an extremely creative environment, I think. Yeah, and who says creative is always fun? <laughs> it depends on how you deal with this. It's... Um... I think in terms of as projects begin to go into next stages of development, the nature of language, I mean, I remember the discussions on Antwerp, that was, there were some quite tricky bits, problems you'd given us, you know. But those were quite interesting discussions because in a way it was about trying to see conceptual, but it, it was actually structural clarity that you, you revised completely. That was quite late on in the day. That was amazing brinkmanship. And in sometimes... Well, no, it was good to see. I think Antwerp, and, I think the Antwerp roofs took, after all know this, took, um, I think, a year and a half to actually solve, uh, to, to make the concept work. We didn't change the concept. That was important. Um, we, we, we found a way of making it work. And again, it was one of the team, a young guy, Ben Darris, who just said, well, what about doing this? And it some, suddenly solved the problem. And it was there, it was marrying, marrying, structural integrity with architectural integrity you know the high par had to be a high par it couldn't be an almost a high par had to be a high par. any questions or comments from the floor yeah please uh i was just struck by the splitting the presentation between 
projects in London and, and essentially elsewhere. And, and, and I just wanted um, to ask, what's at stake for you in London now? Because a, a lot of it seemed to be a question of almost damage limitation, what you can salvage from you know, the notion of public space in doing projects which are essentially you know, massively less interesting um, as, as programs. We don't tend to determine what the program is. We're actually providing entities which are actually governed before we've even actually become involved. We've had many discussions in terms of, you know, these things are just images at the moment, but we have many discussions sometimes as to do we actually just concentrate on public buildings, low-rise buildings, buildings that actually have very, very strong connections to particular activities of cities. One has to be also careful, though, that does that mean that, therefore, the nature of how cities are evolving, does that mean you just say, fine, forget it, let the Americans do it, and just ignore it? Or does one attempt to actually maybe manifest something, whether it's of in as significant interest, it's still something that perhaps can contribute. And I think that's a kind of social responsibility. It's a little like saying, well, we didn't show any affordable housing, which is something that Ivan's looking at at the moment. There are many different areas that are really tough, big-scale housing, which these are really, really tough problems. And there's always this problem of cities being viewed as, well, actually, we're interested in the set pieces, not the stuff that actually forms them. And sometimes you have to find a balance, I think, between where you're exuberant, where you wish to make those expressions, and where sometimes you might need to just be recessive, fall into the background, and maybe do something that has a sense of integrity within the environment that is created. And it's very important that one understands that everything that's shown is actually a product of the environment within which you're working and it's your best ability to be able to deal with those forces. I have more fun working outside London. Planning's easier, isn't it? Um, Except in Birmingham. (laughs) (laughs) There's no no planning at all in Tokyo. But there are very strict rules. It's just different. I remember um, with the Birmingham Library, Graham's saying, oh, thank finally, public building. <laughs> so you wait till you talk to the client. You have different problems with those sorts of buildings. And in a sense, we are. The fact that a lot of these things have come through competition, competitions abroad, they tend to be for, you know, slightly more special building types. Um, but they're, they're no less easy. I mean, you know, the, there's, there's language, culture, and there's also complexities of particularly public sector clients. And, and cost as well. They're, they're pretty cheap. Well, I think I'm going to draw things to a close now, um, just with a couple of observations. And actually, um, the, there's a wonderful phrase to describe architectural lectures, which is the show and tell, where people show their slides and they tell you a story and everybody goes away happy. But of course, within that, there are good show and tells and brilliant show and tells and not so good show and tells, and that's generally dependent. Uh, on the quality of architecture that you see. But it's also dependent, of course, on 
the way the architecture is explained and the way the projects are described. And I found this a fascinating evening because although I was aware of some of these, uh, some of these buildings and projects, certainly not all of them, and I think there are some underlying currents which the room, despite the fact it's quarter past eight, I think uh, is a tribute uh, to an excellent presentation <laughs> with some excellent schemes. And I think that the uh, certain underlying things, the first is, I mean, uh, uh, Graham used a nice phrase about certain office buildings, conventional office buildings being apologetic puddings uh, in the city. And what you're trying to do uh, without resorting to simple embellishment uh, is to do things that actually have their own uh, have their own character that are real things, and I think that the connection with some of the projects that Ivan's showing is the extent to which, uh, in the cases of both the small and large projects and the very urban ones with those tight sites and then the more greenfield sites, it's an attitude first to context, and it's also an attitude towards constraint. That's to say. Um, does one design in a negative fashion, which is, I think, partly related to the question you were asking. Does one say, well, actually, if you're in the city of London, all you do is add up all the things you can't do, and that will tell you what you can do, and that's what you do do. And there it's are plenty of buildings that aren't done like that, that yeah. and they're mostly not very good. Now, alternatively, you can say that actually the constraints are not a problem, they are a condition. Uh, and in a sense, an inevitable, probably necessary condition for the creation of any building the site, the client, the funding, etc., 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 and it's then what you make of that in a positive sense, so that actually what you produce actually leaves behind the constraints and becomes a thing which derives from its own strength of idea, um, from its own integrity. Um, and it seems to me that the, that the the explanations and the underlying stories behind these buildings. Uh, all had a whole series of things in common. One was um, the kind of overall, you might say, public space analysis. Actually, the first lecture about Richard Rogers' work, which I've ever seen, which hasn't been Richard giving it, now I come to think about it. And Richard always gives you the Renaissance and public space and all those things, and very rarely goes into the detail of the sort of buildings you've shown, because he's actually not involved that kind of that level of detail and the manufacturing things because he has different canvases uh, to paint on. But I think it was apparent that the attitude to technology and materials um, has been very, very rigorous and the question of problem solving and then synthesising that with much more general propositions about the nature of that site, the nature of climate and the nature of city and certain propositions about an attitude to environmental design, this becomes a very... Uh, a very fulfilling story um, and as a result as it were um, you get happy photographs if I can put it like that um, well I hope on another occasion we'll see uh, Knightsbridge because of course that is unlike those tight city sites where space is at a premium and by the way perhaps somebody would like to calculate um, British land's donation of public space if we can think of it like that there are two views about skyscrapers. People who hate them and who hate offices say, they're stealing my sky. Um, now, in the case of that Leadenhall Street thing, here's 150,000 square foot net, I fancy, of city office space at, what could we say, 65 pounds a foot once finished. Let's calculate that out and regard that as a donation 
to all the people who kind of grind down those city streets and suddenly we'll have this extraordinary public experience which is quite unlike anything else uh, in the city of London. And I think the other thing is, I mean, in a way where the two of you, the, the, the project where um, either of you might have been doing the competition or doing it now is the, is the Birmingham Library. And curiously enough, for a city with an extraordinarily proud tradition of firstly of municipal independence and secondly municipal initiative, I think it's a huge shame that it kind of, it's, it, it temporarily, let's hope, sort of lost its will to build um, and has started, it started using constraints in a negative way rather than a positive way. Um, and maybe we could use the old library and wouldn't it be nice if we could do something else instead of, as they did at the National Exhibition Centre, at the International Airport, at the reinvention of the whole of the centre of Birmingham, a huge cost uh, of getting rid of the concrete yoke and the, con the elevated <coughs> concrete motorways. And in a sense, it seems to me that the library would have been the last piece in that sort of municipal jigsaw. And in a sense, would be a summary, unbuilt thus far, but which incorporates, I think, many of the ideas and themes which we saw in both Ivan's and Graham's particular projects. Well, on your behalf, um, can I firstly uh, thank you all, of course, uh, for coming. Thank uh, the RIBA for what's a terrific lecture programme, a public programme of architecture. Uh, but of course, in particular, thank Graham Stirk and Ivan Harbour for a marvellous evening.